Welcome to the Yadkin Examine. My name is Jonathan Gaylord, the pastor at Yadkinville United Methodist Church, and the Yadkin Examine is a weekly podcast where every Monday we take a moment to reflect on the past week, give thanks to God, and seek strength for the day and week to come. The Examine comes out of a technique described by Ignatius Loyola and is still practiced by Jesuits twice daily. We've adapted it here to help us reflect on the events in our lives and discern God's presence and will for us. We'll use prompts for self-reflection from various sources, like the 22 questions John Wesley and the Holy Club at Oxford would ask themselves daily. In addition to that, we'll hear an excerpt from Sunday's sermon, and we'll draw some reflection questions from the sermon, our worship, and the scripture text. The reflection questions are listed in the show notes, and you may want to copy them so that you can write out your answers as a journaling practice. As we prepare to pray together, I invite you to take a moment to center your body, heart, and mind for prayer, maybe through taking several deep breaths, finding a comfortable posture, anything that helps you to be present to the Holy Spirit in our midst. Let us begin with an excerpt from our Sunday, May 7th sermon preached by Kim Eller for United Women in Faith Sunday on Exodus chapter 1, verses 8 through 21, the Egyptian midwives. Because of these righteous women's decisions to put their faith in God and to do what was right, even though they knew there could be serious consequences, God was able to work a mighty miracle for all the children of Israel. Their part in the deliverance of Israel may not have appeared to be as grand as what Moses ended up doing, but without them, God's plan would not have been able to have moved forward as they did. They understood God's will and knew that if they put their trust in him, then they didn't need to fear what man could do to them. Pua and Shifra probably had no idea that their courageous, pushy act would lead to the redemption of Israel from slavery. The only thing, the only thing these horribly evil act they knew they could not do and would displease God, and they feared and respected God far more than they did Pharaoh. But God didn't just protect them during this time. He blessed them in a more mightily way. We read again, verses 20 to 21, So God was good to the midwives, and the people multiplied and became very mighty. Because the midwives feared God, he established Households for them. And this is noteworthy because some scholars seem to believe that the Hebrew wives were chosen because they were barren women. So, to ensure that they had a respectful place in a society where family was highly valued and prized, they were given this wonderful responsibility and honor of ministering to the women who were bringing life into the world. So, if this is accurate, then this recorded scripture reminds us that God's constant faithfulness and care of us as he blessed them further for their obedient faithfulness with families of their own, which was truly a beautiful and splendid blessing. So from these pushy, bodacious women, I think we can learn a few truths. As frightening and as dangerous as it can be, believers do what is right in God's eyes, not in the eyes of the world. It takes courage to do what's right in God's eye, but God always has a bigger plan that we may not see right away. 
Another reminder, another truth is there are no minor characters in God's eyes. There are approximately 31,000 verses in the Bible, and only six of them are about Pua and Shifra. I wish he'd have named them Sue and Betty. I could have said those names a little bit better, but this is their names. But their obedience to God saved the nation. There's no such thing as a small and insignificant child of God. He calls each of us for a purpose, and we're to be obedient to whatever that may be. And when we put God above man and do what is right, regardless of the consequences, he blesses us and helps us and gives us miracles. We may not be able to do everything, but we can do something with God's help. Sometimes it only takes one to make a difference. So I'm not sure I have the courage to disobey somebody as powerful as uh, Pharaoh. I had trouble to find my mama. Uh, you know, I had enough sense not to cross that woman, um, and she didn't nearly have the power as a government head. But sometimes in life, that's where we're placed. We have to choose and decide. And it always takes mighty acts of courage to stand up for what is right. And it's usually not very easy. Pua and Shifra's courage fought death with life. Theirs was a courage that quietly went about delivering baby boys against the Pharaoh's command. Now, their actions did not displace Pharaoh off of his throne, nor did it unfortunately stop the carnage that he had started. But their trust in God firmly empowered them to continue the Lord's work of ministering to an oppressed minority and in the saving of those baby boys, which made all the difference in their world. Shifra and Pura pushed, literally, spiritually. They are among the countless heroes and heroines who go beyond what is expected of them, who show bravery in the face of danger in order to serve the oppressed the least and the lost, very much like our own foremothers and forefathers of the United Methodist Church and the United Women of Faith. They remind us that while leaders and the laws of the land may give us the go-ahead on certain behaviors, ultimately it is God's law that is written on our hearts to which we are responsible for and which we will answer for. So what I would like to offer to you good folks this day, as you leave the service and they're at each of the doors, a bottle of water to take with you as a reminder of not only these pushy women and the birthing process that's involved with the water, but also of remembering Moses, who was placed in the water and, and rescued, but most of all, of Jesus, who is the living water. So go ahead. I challenge you to be pushy. I suspect a lot of you already are. But I encourage you to push a little bit more. And in every situation, whenever there's a doubt, just push. And sometimes that is literal, but spiritually, hopefully this can help you that if you're remembering to push, it's pray until something happens. 
So push spiritually, push literally, but push with God's guidance so that we can push into action his plan and his will. And who knows? You just might be the one to deliver the deliverer. So in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Ghost, let it be so. Almighty God, as we come before you once more for prayer, fill our hearts and our minds with love of you. Help us to focus on your presence and power in our lives. And Lord, speak to us now. Reveal yourself through your Holy Spirit in this sweet, sweet hour of prayer. Prayerfully review your past week. What are you thankful for? Where did the Holy Spirit move? As we consider where we may have fallen short, ask yourself these questions, drawn from John Wesley and the Holy Club. Is Christ real to me? Am I consciously or unconsciously creating the impression that I am better than I really am? In other words, am I a hypocrite? Am I honest in all my acts and words, or do I exaggerate? As we look at the week that is to come, ask yourself these questions drawn from our sermon and the scripture text. Who are the pushy people in your life? Who are the pushy people in your life? That is to say, who are those people who are working for God's will and God's kingdom in this world against all odds? How can you be brave in service to God today? Almighty God, thank you for this day you've given to us, for this opportunity to come together in prayer and in praise. Lord, reveal your spirit to us. Help us to know you, to love you more. Send us out from this place and this time, Almighty God, renewed and refreshed in the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Before going back to the busyness of our lives, let us once more reflect upon Exodus chapter 1. Verses 8 through 21. Now a new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. He said to his people, Look, the Israelite people are more numerous and more powerful than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, or they will increase and in the event of war join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore they set taskmasters over them to oppress them with forced labor. They built supply cities, Pitom and Ramses, for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. 
the Egyptians became ruthless in imposing tasks on the Israelites and made their lives bitter with hard service and mortar and brick and in every kind of field labor. They were ruthless in all the tasks that they imposed on them. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shifra, and the other Puah, When you act as midwives to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it's a boy, kill him, but if it's a girl, she shall live. But the midwives feared God. They did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, and they let the boys live. So the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this and allowed the boys to live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. So God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and became very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Thank you so much for taking this time to pray the Yadkin examine with us. As you go out into your day and into your week, I invite God's blessings upon you. May you go in peace, knowing that Christ goes with you. Until we pray together again on Monday with the Yadkin examine, on Wednesdays with the Yadkin lectio, and on Sundays in worship, I wish God's blessings upon you. Amen. Amen.